What's up? My name is CJ Finley, and this is the Thrive on Life podcast. I started a brand called Thrive on Life to help other mission-based people, brands, and businesses thrive. Each week, we interview people on topics of business, health, relationships, mindset, and much more to help us thrive in all areas of life. If the messages in this podcast resonate with you, but you're still feeling a little bit stuck in actually implementing these ideas, I'd love to help you on a more personalized level or connect you with somebody that can. So please reach out. Also, if you've got a friend who you know could benefit from hearing this episode, please share the love with them. My goal is always to spread positive impact through the sharing of knowledge, and I would be honored if you could help me achieve this goal. Today's guest is Joe Lindley, the founder and creator of Forwards Movement, a brand that exists to remind you that you are not alone on your journey to progress your life forwards. Through his journey of finding himself, Joe realized that what truly makes him come alive is all the challenges that he endured and conquered along the way. And today is on a mission to build a community that supports one another on the pursuit to lean into both the highs and the lows of every story, and then come out stronger together on the other end. This was Joe's first podcast, and I am thrilled he got to share his story on our show. So please help me move his story forward. And welcome to the show, Joe Lindley. What is up, fam? CJ Finley here again with the Thrive on Life podcast, and I am extremely excited for today's conversation, not because of the man behind the headset that will be speaking with you here in a little bit, but because this is his very first podcast. And it's one of the things that over the past year and a half, I've strived to every month or two bring on somebody that might not have had a chance yet to tell their story in the podcast format. It's one of those things that I like to push people's button and get to them to the next level. And this man's basically journey and the brand that he's building literally speaks directly to that. So without further ado, I'd like to introduce Mr. Joe Lindley. How are you doing today, Joe? It's great to be here, man. I'm I'm super excited. So Hell yeah. And I'm happy to have you. And what I want to kick off with right at the beginning is you were a little bit nervous to come on the podcast today. And it's one of the things that everybody out there, we don't like to necessarily do uncomfortable things. However, here at Thrive on Life, it's one of our missions to really just go after the uncomfortable, dive into the uncomfortable, as Jake Allen's brand would say. And then with yours, the forwards movement, moving forward, to move forward, you have to break through that comfort zone. So what are some of the things that were going through your head before you're coming on the podcast today? I know we were talking a li- about it a little bit before the show, but I would love for everybody else to hear it because we are human. Absolutely. So this chapter of my journey actually began in this room exactly a year ago. And that was the first party that I ever went to sober by myself and just showed up and met 50 people. And that's where it all began. And coming to today, I keep thinking, you know, this is this is my first podcast. I'm gonna have to actually like throw my words out there and, and you know, not just, you know, word vomit, but kind of kind of think about it, but not also not overthink it, you know, because I want to be as genuine as possible. And I don't want to be trying to regurgitate words that I've thought of, you know, like two days ago, 10 days ago. Um, and so I'm a little bit nervous, you know, it's, uh, it's my first my first podcast. It's my first live actually on my Instagram as well. So Oh, knocking two birds with yeah, one stone. Two today. birds with one stone. So this is I'm sweating. But uh <laughs> this is exactly the kind of thing that I preach um and the kind of thing that I really attest to because you know, doing that uncomfortable thing and then realizing afterwards that it wasn't as bad as you really thought it would be. 
um, is really huge and allows you to grow as a person the most. Um, and so that's why I was like, you know, this is, this is scary. Um, and it would have been one of those things I definitely could have tried to avoid and been like, no, nah, CJ, like, it's okay. Like, I don't want to do that. It's fine. And I feel like you probably would have called me out regardless. You'd have been like, no, you're absolutely <laughs> Get your coming in. Yeah, you're doing this. <laughs> um, and so I'm just excited to kind of share my journey, share this metamorphosis kind of that's, that's happened to me even since I started forwards um, in the last year. And that's really important to me. And I think that it'll also help other people. And that's kind of the main reason I'm here is not to show you of like, oh, like look at the things I'm doing but really kind of show you like what a normal person like me can accomplish and start to accomplish. Not at all that I'm at the end of my journey because I've really just started, but kind of give other people the bravery to start theirs. I love it. And one of the things I want to convey to the audience is that discomfort can show up in many different ways. So like somebody like Joe literally is willing to jump out of a plane. And I feel like when he talks about jumping out of a plane, he doesn't look as nervous as going on an IG live or a podcast. And it's funny because to me, it's second nature now, but I still remember those days. And it's one of the reasons that I like to bring people on that are willing to kind of jump right into the fire because that is what it takes. And I'm a big believer in you are your brand. So if you're doing that for your brand, a lot more people are going to be willing to hear and listen to your story. And my goal ultimately at the end of the day is like we always say, help mission-based people, brands and businesses thrive. So if we can bring you on today and you're able to share your story and then go out and other people are able to maybe do that thing that's uncomfortable and move their needle forward, we achieve our goal. But I never really do this. Usually we get right into kind of like what the person is passionate about and the struggles they've been, but I don't really know much about you. So I'd love for you to explain a little bit about where you grew up and how the hell you even ended up here in Austin, <laughs> Texas. That's actually, that's a, that's a great story. I grew up in Richmond, Virginia, grew up there till I was eight. My dad got a job in oil in Houston. So we moved to Houston and then I lived there until I went to college. And whenever I went to college, I was choosing between Texas A&M and Clemson uh, University in South Carolina. And I had pretty much chosen Clemson because that's where my best friend was going. That's where his girlfriend was going. That's where my, one of my other friends and his girlfriend was going. We were going to go be like, you know, our own clique there. And I've been deciding between those two universities and A&M was my granddad said like the first grandchild to go to Texas A&M got his Aggie ring. And that was huge because I was the last grandchild and no grandchild had gone there yet. And so this was like in his will and I felt a little bit of pressure to go there as well. But no one was going to A&M with me from, from high school that I knew it all. And then Clemson was kind of like a comfort zone. And I'd chosen Clemson. I told my parents I was going to Clemson. I told all my friends I was going to Clemson. My mom was like, you know, before you make that final decision, I want you to think about writing your own story. And that's whenever I chose to do the uncomfortable, to go to Texas A&M, to write my own story. And I had forgotten that she was the one who told me that. And so throughout college, I kind of made that, like, that decision to write my own story. And that's what actually began forwards in the first place. And then whenever I graduated, I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do. And I graduated, my mom was like, you know, like, I'm so proud of you. And I was like, you know, I just wanted to write my own story. And she was like, do you remember who told you that? And I was like, no, she was like, I did. 
And so that's actually where I got this tattoo. Sorry, pop the mic, but write your own stories in her handwriting. And then I came to Austin and just started trying to live by that mantra. And that's kind of my personal mantra. And, you know, that's whenever I... But what, what brought you to Austin? So you go to, you go to A&M and my first question is like, what did writing your own story at A&M look like? Like, so for me, like writing my own story was like playing sports in a fraternity, partying a little bit too much. Like, but what was Joe Lindley's story? Like when he decided, you know what, I'm not going to go with my friends to Clemson and watch maybe national championship football games. Right. I'm going to go to <laughs> exactly. middle of nowhere, Texas and go to A&M. Yeah. So I, I went to A&M and I went potluck with my roommates. One of them is working. Actually, both of them are on forwards right now. Both my potluck roommates. What does um, potluck mean? Potluck is like just a random generator chose who your roommate was going to be. <laughs> you, yeah. didn't, you didn't set it up. You didn't know anybody. It was just like luck of the draw. You either have a really great roommate or a terrible story. And I had a really like two really great roommates. One of them actually lives with me right now. But with writing my own story at A&M, it was kind of like, you know, I definitely got the partying out. I, I definitely got all of, the, you know, the, the classic college experience out of my system. And then, you know, sophomore year rolled around. We wanted to kind of change that up. And so, you know, sophomore year, spring break, most people go to like Cabo or Gulf Shores or something like that to go party. And we were like, you know what? We don't really want to do that. Let's do something different. So we decided we were going to take a road trip from College Station, Texas to San Francisco and back over spring break in 10 days, which is like we spent 96 hours in the car. And that was our first big write your own story experience where Forwards was born. We came up with the keep moving forwards aspect because we would planned this 10 day road trip. And, you know, I had planned it down to the hour of like, we're going to, you know, stop at this gas station. We'll be here by this time. We'll hike this mountain. We'll be down by this time. We'll eat lunch here. And within the first five hours, we ran out of gas on like a hundred miles straight. We ran out of gas for like two hours, had to pay $70 for two gallons of gas just to get to the next gas station. And then from there, things started going really wrong. (laughs) And so right at the same time. And we realized like, and I can go as much into depth on this trip as you want because like it's just a really good story but we realized you know after running out of water in the grand canyon that that low made the next high so much sweeter and this is whenever keep moving forwards was born because it was really a matter of like desperation we'd run out of water and we were like you have to keep moving forward right now like you like to our actual friend that's in front of us that's like on the ground sitting because he's cramping up because he doesn't have water. And we're like, you have to like get out of here. Like we have to keep going, like keep moving forward. And so that's where it was born. And it was a matter of desperation and kind of aggression, but it kind of turned into a more of a stoic approach where it was like, you know, if like everything seems like it's going terribly, then the last thing that you should remember is you should just keep moving forward because there's always going to be a high on the other side of this low that makes it feel that much better. So there was something that you said to me I love that story, and I think it can apply to to everybody. But there's something you said to me. We had a discussion a couple weeks ago, and it was revolving around you coming to the HQ a year ago, like for my birthday. I didn't know who you were, and even that night, like I think we, I don't even know if I really spoke with you, but you said something to me that was that still stuck with me. You're sitting on the couch, and you knew what you would get if you stayed on the couch, but you didn't know if you just said fuck it and showed up to this place where you didn't know anybody. And shout out to our buddy Izzy, who is the one that invited Joe. 
Izzy and I go way back. He's actually my first friend here in Austin. And we always try to just be inclusive of everybody. Anybody that's new to Austin, Texas, we try to bring into our tribe and basically grow that tribe. So it's cool to just see it in action. So again, shout out to Izzy. But what you said is so profound in so many areas of life, even the story that you just told me, because you're cramping up, you're in the Grand Canyon, you don't have water. You know what you're going to get if you don't do it, if you don't keep moving forward, you're going <laughs> to die. <laughs> or have to turn back around and go get more water at yeah. the bottom and start over. Or, yeah, or start over. But what are you going to get in the unknown? Like, you don't know. And, and that's the best part. I think a lot of people, especially in today's day and age, where we have so much information at our fingertips, they want to know the end of the book before you even get to the intro. Like we want to know what happens before we even get started. And it's such an unfortunate thing because the best part of any story is the one where something completely random happens. So you went through this trip. What happened when you got back to school? Because I know something for me, like when I traveled in, in college, going back to school was really hard. I felt stuck in a place that I didn't necessarily want to be because unlike you, I didn't choose my school. Like I kind of just ended up at Rutgers because I couldn't afford anywhere else. And it was one of those things that in my mind, I think I had said that I'm going to get the hell out of here and I'm going to do whatever it takes to get the hell out of here. But for you, what was your mindset after taking that kind of going through those struggles? What did that help you with in school and beyond? That's a great question. And my mom actually doesn't know this. Uh, I'm sure both my parents actually don't, but I was planning on purposely flunking out of school. <laughs> I was planning on just like A&M's done. I'm going to go all with forwards. Forwards was absolutely nothing at this point either. Like we, we didn't even have, you know, a business plan, a, a mission vision statement. We had and no idea. And how long idea. ago is this? This was 2016. Okay. Um, so this has been over four years. But before this trip, I was not on a great path. I was partying. I was smoking a lot of weed. I was, you know, doing all those things and planning on flunking out and just being like, I'm going to do my own thing creatively, like whatever. And I'm so glad I didn't do that. And whenever we ran out of water in the Grand Canyon, I had this moment and they call it like the genius loci. It's like the spirit of the place. And basically what it is, is like you're overcome with emotion um, and you feel that place like inside of you. And like, I got super emotional and I was like, I never want to stop feeling this feeling. Like I want to always remember this feeling. And I was like, I want to share this with other people. And so leaving this trip and getting back and after, you know, all of our family and friends from school were like super worried because I didn't mention that part, but they hadn't talked to us in like three days. And so they'd called like the park rangers. They'd called the, the jails. They'd called everywhere to try and find us. So we get out and we're like, oh, we feel very loved. Like we were fine kind of, but like we got <laughs> out of there. And I got back to school and I immediately had like, just like a come to God moment. Like I have to get my shit back together. Like this is kind of my moment. Like I know like I'd planned on failing out, but what was going to be the end result of that? Right? Like my parents were going to take me home from school and I was going to live at home and all my friends were going to still be in college station. So like, why would I do that? And so like, that's whenever I kind of flipped and I was like, you know, this isn't exactly what I want to do, but let's see what I can do in the meantime that kind of applies to my overall goal. Like, let's see the kind of connections that I can make. Let's see, you know, what professors can teach me other than just like what's in the books. And so from there, that's whenever I kind of like did a whole 180 and was like, I have to get my life back on track. I have to actually graduate here and get this degree because this is like, you know, not exactly the means to the end, 
but it's a way that I can, you know, get the actual like tiny golden nuggets from the college experience, like the connections, the networking, the friends that I made along the way and make sure that I keep those connections. And so like as hard as it was to finish school, it was definitely a necessity for me because I met so many people like our photographer for forwards. I was going to go with one of my professors to Patagonia to film with a GoPro. And he was a great photographer with a real camera. And so he asked to go with her right before I asked to go with her to film. And so he went instead of me. And through that, that was kind of one of my first experiences where I was like, well, I could embrace this. You know, I could actually use this as a good rather than be like super down about it. And so I was like, hey, man, like Patrick, I really expect like great things from you on this trip in a good way. You know, like yeah. you, you do great things. And I wasn't as butthurt about it. I was like, you're actually more qualified than I am. And I actually had a 21 hour layover with him in Denver yesterday. And like, that's that guy that's like my new best friend. And I slid in his DMs on Instagram. And that was just because, you know, I, I liked his work and I thought he was a cool guy. But the college experience was huge and definitely necessary. I'm not using my degree, to be honest, but I eventually might, you know, I got a degree in GIS, which is geographic information systems or, you know, cartography, map making, GPS and stuff like that. But, you know, I plan on using it in the future, but as of right now, I'm kind of just using this creative approach on life and, you know, seeing what I can do with it. Awesome. And I love that reaction to kind of like that whole scenario, because especially when we're younger, it's, we're all fighting for internships and jobs and we kind of haven't taken any L's yet. So you think like you just deserve every W that comes your way, but really life is all about what happens when you get that L, what do you do? And you're showing that in the Grand Canyon and then also with your career that you're kind of just, again, keep moving forward. So it's cool to hear because it's innately in you. And I, I'm kind of picking that just from you sitting here talking about it. And I don't, again, I don't really know you that well. We've only had a couple conversations. So just to hear you tell your stories and how it applies to what you're actually doing now is really cool. And it's something that I want to inspire and motivate others to do is literally like build things that are just a representation of your story, which is really what you're doing. What the hell brought you to Austin, Texas? So you went to A&M, like why the hell didn't you go back to Virginia or wherever the hell your Clemson friends went to? I needed outdoors. I needed creative people. I needed people that wanted to do things other than go out to the bars and drink. And from what I had heard, Austin was the best place to do that. One of those places where you could, you know, find people that wanted to go for a walk instead of go to the bars and meet for a drink kind of thing. And so that was kind of my first initial approach. But also, you know, I wanted to do videography like that was, you know, graduating. And I still don't know if that's going to be exactly what I do. I still want to tell stories for sure. What about videography intrigued you? Um, basically it started out with, you know, I loved traveling and then I figured out that I liked documenting those memories. And then from there kind of arose like a passion for storytelling. And so with videography, it's really more of like, how can I tell a story that's super intentional? And I wanted to bring more of content to the internet, to Instagram, to YouTube that made people feel good about ingesting. I kind of characterize it as like a movie that is real emotion it's real plot like whenever i begin filming and whenever you begin watching both of us have no idea what's going to happen and that's kind of the intriguing aspect for me it's not quite documentary style but it's more of like a real movie like a real scenario and the videography aspect like i just kind of have 
I mean, most videographers will tell you this, but they have like kind of a natural ability to see the kind of shot they want before it happens. And so I have that, you know, natural ability and I really enjoy, especially the on the fly shooting of like, you know, we're, we're just following somebody around we're not planning shots, but you go back and look at this footage and you find that like piece of gold that like you didn't even know you got, or maybe it's like an accidental lens flare or something like that. That's, that makes that whole clip worth it. Videography for me is a way for me to document my memories and hold on to them. What's up, guys? I'd like to take a second to thank you for tuning into this episode with Joe. I hope you are loving this conversation so far. But before we get back into it, I have an opportunity I want to tell you about. As we all know, life is hard. It can beat you down, have you feeling low, and make it seem like you are alone. I'm here to remind you, though, that the most worthwhile journeys, they are not meant to be taken alone. And right now, you have the ability to take action and join others, including myself, on the mission to make every heartbeat count. Head over to cjfinley.com and sign up for my daily newsletter, where I will be giving you information, impactful stories, tips and tricks, and access to a community who are focused on making an impact above and beyond themselves. You'll also have the perk of exclusive giveaways, potential shoutouts, and possibly even some collaborations. The least that will happen is you will walk away into every day with an extra pep in your step. My promise is that I will always do my best to help you thrive on life. And this newsletter is one of the best ways for me to help you do so. So if you're looking to get to the next level of your life, connect with like-minded individuals and have a daily dose of info that will help you thrive, sign up for my newsletter at cjfinley.com. Now let's get back to the conversation with Joe Lindley. As a kid, was this creative outlet something that you knew you wanted to go for? And the reason I'm asking this question is because there's a lot of people out there that kind of go one way in life. Like you got your degree in GIS right? and I got an engineering degree. I, I'm, I'm applying certain principles, but like I'm far from an engineer yeah. on a daily basis, right? What their lives look like compared to what I'm doing right now, which is a lot of media and content creation and strategy, which I guess that's where the engineering comes in. But it's funny when I was in high school, we would create funny comedic videos with these like, there was no cell phones then really. I had a razor, <laughs> but there was these, li- I don't even know what they were called, but they could take like 30 second clips of things. And it was, it kind of looked like a, a hammer. Like you would just hold like, yes, kind of like the GoPro now. About. And it had like a little, like just a little thing that you could record. And it was like the worst shit. Like probably an iPhone one beats the quality of the thing we were recording <laughs> on. It was like Lego, Lego movie creator. Right. But I absolutely loved, loved it. I loved hanging out with my friends. I liked making stuff up and just having fun and kind of like creating a space that you could just totally be yourself in. And that was something for me that I gave up, I think, through college. I had that feeling when I was younger and then I gave it up and then luckily it came back. But I always ask people because I think like our childhood and our teenage years are a great... thing to look at because if we're struggling as adults now like what should we do what's my next step i just start thinking about to like what did i like doing as a kid like how do i reintroduce that into my life is that something for you or was it more of like you never touched a camera at all and then just in college is when you got into it no so it actually you know my my childhood was always creative i was always 
building things, making things. And I did sculpture in high school and there's actually a very specific moment. And I'm sure most videographers have this moment too, where it's like the first video that you ever watched by somebody that like inspired you. And you're like, that's what I want to do. And mine was the GoPro hero Two like teaser trailer, <laughs> which was to glitch mob. And I watched this video and I was like, I need a GoPro. And I told one of my buddies, my buddy Hunter, shout out Hunter. I told him I was going to get a GoPro. And he was like, why would you get a GoPro? What do you even have to GoPro? And at the time I wakeboarded and I was like, well, I, have, I wakeboard. What do you mean? Because he rode motocross. And I got that GoPro and, you know, started doing like motocross and stuff like that, wakeboarding um, and doing like the action sports. That's where, that's where I started off because I was just like, I love action sports. And then it got into storytelling later. But I was always trying to find things to video after that, you know, like for a while it was trying to prove someone wrong. Like I have things to GoPro because I got that for Christmas one year and I was really excited about it. But throughout college, you know, I had that GoPro and I got like every single new GoPro after that. But I never did anything with the footage. Like it always just sat on my computer, like a video that I'd made, you know, and it just was stagnant. Why? I... You know, part of me was probably like, what am I going to do with this? Like, I don't know how to start YouTube. And the other part was probably, you know, like, I don't, I'm afraid of putting this out there. And then I went on a trip with one of my buddies, David, and we went free diving. And he showed me how to put a movie together, an iMovie. And from there, that's whenever I was like, all right, I love this. I started doing all the footage I already had. I started becoming that friend on those trips where it was like, all right, Joe, when's the movie going to be out? You know, like whenever we go skiing, whenever we go snowboarding, anything like that, it was like, all right, Joe, you're going to make a movie this year. And I was like, yeah, I'll make a movie. And so like, that's whenever I actually started doing something with the clips. And then this year, my word of the year was finish. Like rather than making a new year's resolution of like super long paragraph, I'm going to be this person. This is the kind of person I want to grow up to be. It was more of like, I need one word that I can stick to and apply to every single situation. My word was finished because I had so many videos again that I hadn't done anything with. It was like, it's not that I, they were sitting, you know, unedited in, you know, a file, but they were sitting in my Premiere Pro almost complete, almost perfect, but not perfect enough for me. And so my word of the year became finished. And I was like, I had this moment where I was like, why am I a videographer that has no content? I need to start pumping these things out like I'm an actual videographer, like I'm someone who actually likes telling stories. And so I started finishing these things and I committed to like every day or every Monday, I was going to release one at 7 p.m. And I started pumping these things out and I could not tell you how much abundance that brought me. Like in September, I started doing like actually started finishing these things, did it every week for 14 weeks straight and then I ran out of content. <laughs> so I had to find more. But in between people started reaching out and started kind of realizing like how much I love this. And I also more importantly started developing my own style, which you can't really do unless you put out a piece of work. And then afterwards, after it's already in the public, you see this was a, this is what I would change on that. It's too late now, but here's what I can do next time whenever I do something similarly. And so that's kind of my, my videography journey. I started with GoPro. I got my first camera right after uh, I took Izzy skydiving last year, which is a whole a whole adventure of a story. Um, yeah, we'll get into that. Yeah, we'll get into that. But that's kind of it. All it all went down to finish. It's one of those things when you're starting anything. That's the hardest part. Gaining momentum is the number one hardest part when you're starting anything. And my next question is: So if last year was finish, what is this year's? Theme? Yeah, this year's this year's is embrace. Why is it embrace? 
You know, I always preach, keep moving forwards. Uh, everything happens for a reason, especially. But I kind of started not acting like that. Like, for instance, yesterday at the airport or two days ago at the airport, you know, I had a 21 hour layover in Denver and I was thinking I would be able to grab my bag in Denver instead of waiting till Austin. But she was like, all right, well, you can grab your bag in Austin. I was like, what do you mean? And like, I started to like, kind of not like show a temper, but like get defensive. And I was like, wait a second, this woman has nothing to do with this decision. Like, this is just one of those moments where I'm gonna have to embrace it. Shit happens. And so I like repacked my bag, like put everything in my suitcase that I possibly could and it ended up being fine. Like I wanted to make a big deal out of it, but like why? It was just gonna put me through more turmoil. And so basically embrace is just reminding myself of like embracing, you know, my past, the person that I've like grown to be. And then everything that's happened that seems like it might be pointless, but knowing that it was put there in my life for a reason and embracing just everything that happens because if I don't enjoy the moment, then I'm, you know, stuck in the future, stuck in the past. And that's not a very peaceful life. And so just trying to live as in the moment that I can is embracing it. I love that. And I think not a lot of people, a lot of people talk about happiness. Not a lot of people talk about peace. Happiness is just peace in motion. It's something that Naval Ravikant, one of my favorite authors. Yes. Um, and by authors, he doesn't really write books. He just like does a lot of dope tweets and, and he talks like a that. lot and it's so good. His podcasts are amazing, but yeah, happiness is peace in motion. And really at the end of the day, peace is just being able to be in the present moment. I was reading something where like, we can all relate to this where you're like brushing your teeth and you're already thinking about like the rest of the day. And he'll like yell at himself, like, why can't I just sit here and enjoy brushing my teeth? Like, why do I have to think <laughs> about what's next? Why can't I just be here in the moment? And it's funny, I find myself doing that in the shower now because like shower, everyone talks about is like a great place to like think and find creative ideas and think about the future or the past. And what I've been trying to do is just like, just feel the water hit my head wow. and just like embrace the fact that I have hot water and just being super present and finding ways to do that in every moment. Because the reason that I really love the word embrace is like, if we can embrace this moment, you're actually going to finish things. And I love how you've innately picked those two, because if you embrace this very moment, like for me, if I'm very conscious of being present in this moment and asking questions that make you feel comfortable because you were nervous a little bit earlier, <laughs> then this podcast is actually going to be better and it's going to finish strongly. Yeah. But if I'm not present and I'm thinking already about how do I promote this and then how do I make Joe look a certain way and then all these other things, I'm not as present. I can't actually create that environment that comfortable environment to finish something in the, in the right way as like a piece of art. So I love how you put those two together. And I think, I don't know if you did that on purpose, but that's what I picked up from that. And for anybody listening, he's spot on because if you're able to just embrace the now and realize that any hardship is really just a stepping stone to your greatness, anything like even this office, like the HQ, the reason we got it is because of hardship. Like the whole story is is too long for me to tell right now. But when I think back to any really cool thing I have in my life, a really cool connection I have in my life, it's because of something hard happened, which caused me to make a certain decision, which 
caused me to end up here. And I had to embrace that time frame to then get here. So it's interesting that you kind of put them you you kind of put them flipped yep. where like last year yeah. it was finished and now you're like embracing. And what I can kind of attribute that to, especially in the world of entrepreneurship, is as soon as you start finishing things, what I start realizing is you start gaining momentum. The problem then becomes less of like, oh my God, what am I doing? To like, where am I going? And that has been a huge struggle for me because as soon as you get the momentum, like you know how to tell a story and you're good behind the camera. Great, cool. But now what? Like, where the fuck <laughs> yeah. do I go? Like, what type of videographer? What am I videoing? Where am I traveling to? What type of stories am I telling? It's very easy when it's a left or right, but when it's a full 360, you just literally just have to embrace the story, the journey. Yep. And this is where I want to kick it into kind of like even how we met in the first place, because I feel like you represented that embrace and finish all in one with this one little story. So I'd love for you to tell even how you, so Izzy invited you here, but tell us a little bit about how you even got invited to my birthday party last year to even put you in the seat in the first place. Who I knew nobody at, just just to start it off with that. And we had like, what, 60 people? There were like 60 people here, like at least, and this was obviously pre-COVID, but yeah, I mean, I went out to Rainy Street uh, like September 2019, I guess. And, you know, we finished the night and called an Uber and my roommate, buddy, original, you know, potluck roommate called the Uber and he was like, oh my God, it's Izzy. <laughs> and I was like, what? We were like, me and the other guy were like, what? He's like, it's Izzy. Like, I, th I think it's Izzy. And we're like, oh, we have no idea what you're talking about. And apparently Jack had sent me his profile a couple of times for fitness and soccer because Jack's super into soccer. And we get in this car and he's like, oh my God, it is Izzy. And we're like, I'm like, I still have no idea what he's talking about, but we start talking and Jack's just hyping me up on the front seat. He's, he's a little more intoxicated than we are. And he's, he's just like, yeah, my buddy in the back, like he's a great drone photographer, like puts your drone work to shame. And I'm like, Jack, like, stop. Like, like, <laughs> like, why are you hyping me up this hard? First of all, but I start talking to Izzy and Izzy starts telling a story. And, you know, he basically says like along the lines that, you know, he tells his whole story about being taken from his mom whenever he was like eight and then finding her after 16 years and he say, he's driving Uber so that he can save up enough money for him and Thomas to go to Germany to surprise his mom and meet his mom for the first time in 16 years. And my jaw is just like on the floor. I'm like, are you serious? Like this is one of those fate moments where I'm like, I love telling stories. I'm supposed to be on this trip. Like... And so I get out of the car. I'm like, Izzy, I love your story. This is what I live for. Please message me. I want to go on this trip with you. And so like we messaged back and forth for a couple weeks and I almost had him convinced. I almost had him convinced. <laughs> but at the, in the end, which naturally, like I totally still stand by him on this. He was like, you know what? It's like, you know, it's, it's him seeing his mom for the first time in 16 years and he wanted to be him and his best friend, Thomas. And I was like, dude, I totally respect that. But you know, we kept in touch. I, re I responded to a couple of his DMs and here comes Instagram, like making friendships again, which I love it for. But December rolled around and I was like, I need to do something super wild, super out of the box, super creative with my videography and with my hobbies or my passions. And I was like, skydiving is one of them. Let's take a stranger skydiving. And I was going to make like a series out of it called like skydiving with the stranger. So I showed up to Austin Community College 
and with a sign that was like keep moving forwards and i like go around with my mic and i'm like do you want to go skydiving today and like this one guy's like no like who are you like leave me alone <laughs> and i asked one other person and he was like nah like i'm good and i was like all right well if you want like here's like a skydiving coupon type thing and i go and set up outside one of the classes this is like during their finals like this is such a such a weird thing for me to do but i like set up out, outside the classroom and the security guard walks out and he's like you can't be here i'm like what do you mean he's like you can't be here. I'm like, why not? Because I went to A&M. It was public. Yeah. But like Austin Community College is not. So they can like kick you off campus. And so basically I ended up going through this like hula hoop of a thing and then going to the front desk and talking to one of the ladies in charge. It was on administration. She was like, yeah, like you can get permission to come back in January, but we can't, you know, grant you permission today. And I was like, okay. So I left and I like messaged Izzy on Instagram. I was like, do you want to go skydiving today? And he was like, I actually can't. I'm in Denver. Let's go in a couple of weeks. And so whenever he got back, January rolled around and I picked him up, you know, outside somewhere over here on the east side. And we talked all the way to the skydiving drop zone, like 45 minutes and just talked about like the craziest things. And I like he had no idea that I was like doing forwards or anything like that. So he was really happy that I was unbranded at the time. But I was just like, I'm kind of branded. But at the same time, I'm really just here to tell my story and to help you tell your story. And so he tells me this whole story about, you know, like the entire background of his mom, his dad, and we get there. And this was kind of, it kind of started off as, as me trying to be a guide for him. And really like in the end, it ended up being, he was a guide for me, but we went skydiving and had all these like really good intentional conversations. And then at the end of the day, he was like, Joe, I've had a fantastic time today. My buddy CJ is having his birthday party and grand opening for his business at his HQ tonight, you should come. And I was like, I really appreciate that. That's awesome. And then I got home. And he texted me, he's like, hey, are you coming? And I was like, I don't know. I'm like kind of tired. Cause you know, after like a, like a full day of intentional conversation, like you're drained yeah, you're drained. And, and like the best way possible. Like you're ready to go to sleep happy. And I was ready to go to sleep happy. And I'm sitting on the couch and I've said no. And I'm thinking to myself, I know exactly what's going to happen to me in the next four hours. If I sit on this couch, I'm going to watch Netflix. I'm going to watch, you know, four episodes and then I'm going to go to sleep. And I was like, I have no idea what happens if I walk out that door right now. And so I was like, all right, here we go. Like, I'm going to embrace the unknown. And that's kind of like where this embrace thing comes from is I wanted to stick by it. And so I showed up to my first ever party, you know, by myself, sober, and met like 50 people. And those people are all over my life right now. Like, this is where all my bet, like my new best friends are. Izzy, like we're texting today, like we're supposed to hang out later. Like he's my best friend in Austin that I've made. And, you know, I met Mason, I met you, I met Aaron, I met Ranjit, I met Cassie, I met all these people. And I never, I might never have been invited back by Izzy if he hadn't, if I hadn't just stepped out of my comfort zone and gone that first time. Because you're at least guaranteed that first time, right? Like if someone's already invited you, it's like, all right, yeah. But like taking a rain check, people might think you're uninterested. And so I was worried that like, that would be the case. And this could have never happened. Like this right here was the result of me just embracing that unknown, which was absolutely huge for my growth as a person over the last year, which I'm just like super excited about. And that's why I'm so happy to be here. And I'll end that with not only did you embrace like the unknown, but you finished the day. <laughs> so <laughs> there you go. There like you, go. you, you had that great day, but a lot of people will be like, all right, had a great day. Like, let's call it a day. I, I really like the mindset 
of if I know what I'm going to get here, like what's the worst that can happen? And that's the thing that none of people do that is you could have showed up and if it wasn't your vibe, you just leave. But at least you knew, yep. like without, without a doubt. Like I told myself I was going to go for 30 minutes. I was the last person to leave. I don't even remember that. <laughs> I, I was, I was, I, there were three other people left in here whenever I left. Yeah, it was pretty, it was pretty late too. It was like, I think probably we 1130 or 12 at least. Yeah, that's late for me. In my late 20s, that's actually no, it was probably later than that. It was probably, no, I think it was like two. Yeah, no, I think it was been. one. I got home at like one or two. I do remember, I do remember that last year. I didn't drink that much. It was just a long day. Right. But yeah, it's like if you embrace that discomfort, you never know what could happen. And I think we all have a story like this. Even like for you to then get an Uber with Izzy, Izzy legitimately was my first friend in Austin because of Instagram. Because when I moved here, I had a fitness Instagram and it was a whole big thing. Like this is like four years ago, almost four years ago. And you just knew, like everybody on Instagram knew of other people on Instagram. Now everybody kind of has it and is operating in the same way. But we were the only ones like really like pushing every day. Like how do we make content? How do we meet new people? How do we throw events? And I was like, bro, I got to meet you. And we <laughs> met at a Gold's Gym off of Burnett and like literally our your conversation with driving to the skydiving was our conversation like through lifting and then that just spiraled into izzy knew jerica and jerica knew thomas and we all met at zilker park and then we just started we're kind of like we're like weeds like as soon as you like you, you get this it, in a good way though because yeah. like weeds you don't like in your grass but like <laughs> once the one weed gets there it's like yep. it just keeps growing and growing because and growing everyone and growing. wants to like bring their people into this environment that's like just causes so much positive growth you know it's like i want to bring both my roommates and then they want to bring their friends and then everyone's got like all these different like capillaries out that's like the whole network you know how much a believer are you in like your environment is huge everything everything i mean like i would not be the person I am today if I had not surrounded myself with y'all over the past year. Like I firmly believe that because like a year ago I was, I thought I was brave and, you know, skydiver and stuff like that. But I was like really pretty insecure, like had no idea where I wanted to go or what I wanted to do. And, you know, just showing up to that party, just like taking easy skydiving was like the first step to really just figuring out like, Oh, like doing the uncomfortable thing is going to be what brings you to like who you were meant to be and like build you as a person. And so I firmly believe that like surrounding myself with people that are like-minded because like, you know, I've got a lot of friends, a lot of family that don't really know what I'm doing. Right. They're like, where do you think this is going to go? And I'm like, I know where it's going to go, but I can't explain it to you unless I explain it to you for like two years straight, you know, or, like, I have to show you. Yeah. I have, I, to, I have to, I have show to show you. And people have started to see that over the past couple of months too. They're like, whenever I launched the apparel and like, you know, the first two sales, I made like 300 bucks. And then like this time we made a lot, a lot more than that. And people are kind of starting to see, okay, like this is what happens whenever you persevere, which is one of Ford's values is like perseverance. And also like, as far as forwards goes, you cannot give up on a brand that the mantras keep moving forwards. Like it literally keeps itself going in and of itself because like it would be hypocritical to give up on that. Right. It would show everybody else like, all right, well, he couldn't even do it, you know? 
So why would I keep moving forward? So for me, it's like I'm doing it for myself, but I'm also doing it for others to show them like, you know, if you if you keep on track of what you want, of your passions, of your goals, of like your dreams, you can make it happen. It might take a lot longer than you anticipated. It probably will because it has already taken a lot longer than I've anticipated. But the small milestones have made it so worth it that, you know, I could just be barely above where I am now in the next five years and I'd be happy with it as long as I st stuck on this path. So yeah. And branded business building is ex an exponential thing. So like it's a comp, it's a, a compound interest game. It's not like you don't work for four years and get the degree. <laughs> like it's, it's forever. Yeah. And the more you build and the more people you bring in, the more people you talk to, the more traveling you do, like it's just compound interest. More and more people get involved, more and more people are backing it. And then like every year it gets better and better and better and better. If you're doing it the right way, Obviously, yeah. if you're doing it the wrong way, you have the opposite side of the curve. Um, but there's no doubt in my mind you'll be on the the right side up of that. But I also know that like like I'm I'm four years into into mine, and I'm just like wow, I'm further ways, further ahead than I thought I would be, but also way behind where I thought I would be. But then somewhat in the middle of where I would be in a lot of different ways. That expectation, yeah. So there's always a moving goalpost. And that's one of the reasons I find it hard to explain to people like what it is I'm doing in any given moment. Because like three years ago, like Thrive didn't have a podcast, but I fell in love with podcasting. Like I love this. This is, this is what CJ loves to do. Like I want to make this my career at whatever cost. I'm going to do whatever it takes. And I told myself last year, kind of like finish was ultimately my word too. It's like, I'm going to invest in the camera equipment. I'm going to invest in the editor and I'm going to like make an intro to the podcast. I'm going to go for it. And then this year is more about optimization. So my word for like this year is like patience and optimization where it's like, it's less about growth and more about what do I already have and how do I make it better than I already have it? And then just optimizing that is going to make it grow. Now for you, and just watching you in the in the past couple months, going from this journey in the desert, really, in the Grand Canyon to like having gear and having a logo and putting yourself out there, there's a lot of shit in between all of that. What are some tips for people out there that might have had this Grand Canyon experience, but like to get to that gear portion, they're kind of like still stuck in the mud? What do you think was most helpful for you to keep moving forward during all those times? Because now you have a tangible thing, but I understand more than anybody what it's like. There is no tangibility to it, but I kept going. I don't know what kept me going, maybe stubborn, maybe right. whatever, like, but you have this slogan that keeps you moving forward. But what, what is the, the person that doesn't have that slogan? Like, what are some tips for them that they should be aware of? Controlled failure. Um, and I mean, that is in like, I, at the time I didn't know I was controlling it, but we went out on a limb and we made, you know, 48 t-shirts, which was like 400 bucks. Right. And we failed like by definition, we did not sell them. We did not make money and we failed at that. But the good thing was we learned a lot in the process of like, you know, our goal wasn't exactly to make apparel, but it was to sell those shirts. Right. And the controlled failure of doing that thing and realizing that like that specific aspect of it didn't work, like selling those the way that we did didn't work. And that doesn't mean that it won't work in the future. That just means we have to change things. And I remember Jack looking at me whenever we tried to 
do t-shirts again and do apparel again and i had this whole plan like i'd actually planned it out like this is what i did all of november was i made a sales funnel and i came up with a business plan and how much it was going to cost and everything and i wrote this out and jack was like why are we doing this again it failed the first time and i was like we're doing this again because we learned so much the first time it wasn't a failure i mean like i guess by definition we failed but it was a learning lesson and moving forward now we know what we need to fix and so it's really just using those moments of failure to build kind of what your expectations are and where you want to go and what you're willing to go through because you will fail along the way. And it's really more of a matter of what can we take from this than it is, you know, what did we learn? We learned to quit. Like, no, we didn't learn to quit. We learned what we needed to fix. And so, you know, there's that, there's the failure, there's so much i guess no i like i like that one and i think to be honest i was hoping you would say something along those lines like i have never give up tattooed on my side and one of the reasons that i have it there is because t-shirts for example put all this energy into making t-shirts and you go to sell them and nobody's buying them right you have two choices well everyone hates these t-shirts i'm just going to give up or and this is why I don't really like the word failure either because you made t-shirts, you're not an expert at selling t-shirts. So why can you expect yourself that you're just going to blow up the first time you do something? Like where where in human psychology, where in our lives are we taught that the first time we run a business, like we go to school, college for four fucking years, <laughs> but then the first time you go to do something, you expect to be it's the expectation. A, fam- a famous person from it? Like no, like you, you went to sell the t-shirts, it didn't work. So you go you go back and you say, okay, our designs are either off, our sales system's either off, our leads generation is either off. That's not necessarily a failure, that is business right. in itself. The business is learning what the market wants, providing them that value in exchange for currency. That's all it is. So the other thing is like, you might've had these t-shirts, but you might've just been selling them to the wrong market. Like there might be somebody out there that would have been willing to buy them, yep. but you don't know where they are. So then it's like, okay, people. how do I find those people, right? So it's not necessarily failure. It's just failure in terms of what your expectations were. So where do you think in the first four years of your journey or however long it's been, have your expectations been off? And how has that helped you like going into this, in the like the whole theme of this year of just embracing? My expectations were the most off for our first keep moving forwards shirt line. It was just a white shirt and a black shirt that said keep moving forwards on it. And, you know, we bought however many, I think we bought like 48 of them. And we just expected, like we, we got together for a weekend and we like the stereotypical brand launch of, you know, brands like this would be like, you know, we're going to get together for the weekend. We're going to take shots of the clothing. We're going to add to Instagram. We're going to kind of hype it up, but blur it out. And, through creating this hype just to our followers like we didn't market it we didn't like advertise it but like through just this we anticipated or at least i thought and i'm sure they thought as well because we were all so hyped about it whenever we released it but we released it and it was just like crickets okay like we (laughs) this is not working we made like 330 dollars in like six months like and that was just worth of sales right so like we probably spent 400 dollars on the shirts like we did by definition like failed at that. But I mean- You failed to make a profit. We failed to make the profit for sure. And through that we realized like we really need to 
get this what is this brand because that was the biggest thing and a year ago like i guess october 2019 we called all of our friends this was me like an effort for me to try and rebrand forward and like figure out what we wanted to do because you know as of then we had no idea it was like video but also like maybe clothes but you know it's also the message and we called all our friends and we were like what is forwards to you like what do you think forwards is and like you know three out of the five of the people we're like, we think Forge is just like you kind of doing cool stuff and hoping that we support you. And I was like, oh no, like we have some work to do because this is not what it's about. You know, we have keep moving forwards, but we also have our world, your story. And the concept behind that is it's all of our world and it's your story. You hold the pen, write your own story. And we realized we needed to turn this into more of a community thing. We need to make this more about other people that lived the forwards motto than about us trying to put that message out there. And so that's kind of been what happened over the past year is me trying to really pick this thing apart and really try and like look at all the loopholes of why people would see it a certain way and see and perceive it negatively rather than how much positivity we want to put out there. I want to give you some praise because you were a little bit nervous getting on this podcast, right? And what you just said is $100,000 business school advice. It really is. Because literally picking up the phone and asking your market what they think of your product is like one of the things that everyone really hates to do and they like never do it. They build a product to what their specs are, put it out, and when it fails, they blame or point the finger rather than saying like, we didn't even do the real, like the real work is calling everyone and being like, what do you think of this? And if you notice, like I, I've started a YouTube and in my first couple of YouTubes, I'm just like, grill me, tell me <laughs> like what, su what sucks. Like, just let me know because this is for you. And it's one of the things that with Thrive, I struggled with for years because when you're, when you're initially building the brand, it is you. Because people buy from Joe. They don't buy from the forwards movement. Like me, I'm not gonna buy your sweatshirt because I keep the, the saying, keep moving forwards. I'm gonna buy the sweatshirt because Joe is living, keep moving forwards. And I wanna attach that to my story. So it's always conflicting when you're the founder in the beginning because yeah. you're like, I wanna make this thing about other people, but like to build the trust of the other people, they need to trust me. So I have to live in this certain way that aligns with the brand. And it gets very complicated to explain. So I completely understand, but like what you guys did there, like literally, Anyone starting a business, if you're thinking about starting any idea, project, or business, before you start anything, before you start doing logo design, before you start doing any of that, call your friends and pitch them your idea, pick their brain, because they're going to have better ideas than you do. I'm telling you. And as soon as I started with Thrive, started asking openly, what do you think Thrive is? What do you think we should do? Where should we go? Why should we exist? I was able, one, to get to the podcast because people were like, you need to start a podcast. Like, you need to just showcase all the people that you're taught, that you like talk about on your Instagram or that, like, I would just, I would do a boomerang of Joe. Like, I was, I used to be afraid to talk, like, on Instagram and, and on video. So, what I would do is I'd do boomerangs, all these things. And then we would started, like, when I moved here with Izzy, we'd do fitness videos, but we still weren't talking in them. So, I had, like people would from the East coast to the West coast be like, dude, all your friends look so cool, blah, blah, blah. Um, like I wish I could knew more about them and stuff like that. And that's when I was like, 
<laughs> light bulb. What if I just started a podcast? So I sat down and got a lav mic and we're at first podcast was with Fias. Shout out to Fias on the rooftop of Whole Foods. And I can hear the fucking birds chirping because I was scared like in an environment like that, it's like, oh, we're just having a convo. Yeah. Like, and I don't have to use this. I could make an excuse. Like we're at Whole Foods. The birds are chirping. Like it's not good enough quality. We did release it, but it literally was like the first prong of that ladder where you have to live that brand and live through what you're doing. And that's exactly what you did with the t-shirts. Like the reason, like your buddy Jack was like, why should we do this again? Because we failed the first time. The way that I look at it is, you should do it again because how many people don't do it again because they failed that first time? You're already so your of odds people. of like getting <laughs> yeah. your odds of making it better yeah. are way higher because how many people like literally just quit? So the reason I'm explaining this whole thing is like with the podcast or whatever you're doing moving forward, pun intended. <laughs> um, if you tell yourself like like what I told myself, the first zero to fifty episodes, no judgment. I'm just here to talk to people, right? Then 50, 100, 50 to 100 was about, I'm going to optimize, build a team, learn more about podcasting, learn more about podcasting as a business and the things that I'm doing. Then 100 and beyond is like, okay, I need to narrow down to like, where do I want this to be? If this is gonna take up a lot of my life, what do I want it to be? Now that I have the practice, I've seen it, I've failed forward, things like that. And kind of like, we're getting close to wrapping up. I want to know what does that look like moving forward for you? So you have the gear, like explain to anybody in the audience, who is this brand for? Like answer your own question kind of before this, who is it for? What do you have to offer them? And yeah, just, just start there. This brand is for people that want to find their tribe. And specifically want to find people that do fun things other than go out to the bar. For forwards, it's, it's, the goal is to create a community of people that you can expect to want to grow with you. Um, what does lot, growing look like? Growing is like challenging your comfort zone. Like right now I'm doing 75 hard. And I know for a fact that a lot of my followers on Instagram or some of the friends that I made in college are probably like shitting on me for doing it. Okay, so backtrack. What is 75 hard? 75 hard is 75 days straight. Um, you have a series of tasks. If you miss even one of them, if you miss like completing one of the tasks by like barely, then you have to start over. What are some of your tasks? The tasks are two workouts, two 45 minute workouts a day. One has to be outside no matter what the conditions are. Drink a gallon of water, read 10 pages in some sort of self-help nonfiction book, take a progress picture, commit to a diet and no cheat meals or alcohol. And that for me, like over the past year, I've done a couple challenges. And that for me is like just giving myself an excuse to just be like the best possible like discipline, right? Like this is an excuse to be like, hey, sorry, can't drink, like not showing up. Like I can, I can show up and you can be you know, uncomfortable with me not drinking or try and get me to drink, but I'm not going to do that because I owe myself this level of commitment. And so this year is really like all about me. It's all about my goals, I guess. It's not, you know, I'm still going to help everybody else. And like, that's who I am as a person, but I haven't focused on myself in a long time. Um, but by focusing on yourself, you're going to be able to 
Exactly. Pour more. Exactly. More and and I want to really embrace this this lifestyle of doing all of the f- hard things and making them fun. Kind of showing other people that like, hey, you can still be like really healthy and still have a great time. Like I'm going to, I have a wedding in like next weekend. One of, my, one of my buddies from college, one of my best friends, and I'm going to be sober for it. And I'm sure that oh, he's yeah. going to give me hell because I'm like in the, in the party, right? He's going to give me hell like, oh, you won't even take one shot with me? I'm like, no, because I'm not going to sacrifice my integrity with myself and with you when if I take this drink, you're also going to think less of me because I've committed to myself. And whenever you convince me to go against that, then it also goes against both of our integrity. And if he really gives a shit, he ain't your real friend. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And like I went and filmed this proposal this past weekend in Seattle and my buddy was like, you're not going to, you're not going to like drink champagne with me like I love him for this because he always pushes me in this kind of aspect and I know that he was just challenging me because he had to but he was like you're not gonna drink champagne with me like you're this is my proposal I was like my gift to you is that I flew across the country from Austin to Seattle and filmed this for free and did it because I wanted to and I wanted to meet your new fiance and be here and I am not gonna let you give me hell for not drinking like, it's just not going to happen. Like, I'm here and I'm super excited to be here. I'm going to be smiling while you're trying to get me to drink this champagne. So, like, I told his parents and, like, they gave me, like, a champagne glass of water and I drank the water. But, like, oh, it's yeah. just it's just a way for me to, to push myself. And with 75 hard, it's, like, I just want to commit. And it's also a great outlet for me to, like, push myself in every aspect. Creatively, like, I just got on TikTok um, and I've been doing two TikToks a day. What's your handle? Joe Lindley 16. And it's basically my 75 hard journey. And my twist on it is like the wisdoms that I learned along the way. Cause you have to read those 10 pages. Right. And you know, I'm reading the seven habits of highly effective people right now. And currently about synergy, but kind of like sharing those tidbits of knowledge along the way. And then also like really showing the suck. You know, I ran in the fall, like the really, really dense fog the other day in Seattle. And like, I'm just actually looking forward to whenever it's pouring, you know, and I go out there and I'm like, all right, I'm going to share this with you. Like, this is like, I woke up the other day and I was excited that it was shitty conditions outside because I got to experience it. And here is embrace again. Like, I just want to embrace that aspect of life of like going outside, being in the rain, being in like, you know, the snow, maybe like whatever it is and just actually enjoying it because I'm alive, you know? I get to enjoy this. It's not that I have to do this. It's that I get to. So, I mean, that's just kind of me committing to myself for 75 days straight and making it happen no matter what. Um, So here's my verbal commitment. But I mean- What day are you on? This is day 10. So I'm really not that far in. Um, But, you know, it doesn't doesn't matter. It's funny you mentioned the drinking thing because I have like, I was going to make this a sober year. And then I realized I have five weddings and like four bachelor parties. And I was just like, I started doing a lot of self-reflection on like my mental health. And I was just like, I'm much more into how can I have one or two drinks and be happy getting to have one or two drinks and not have to have five. How can I get in the moment, feel the moment, have the one shot and then completely just leave the party. And like, that's, and because I'm, I'm trying to make it less about a health thing because for me it was I started drinking a lot less for health but then I started realizing like I I take things to the extreme and like that stresses me out the feeling of like I don't want to drink like and then I'm around (laughs) people that drink is also stressful so it's just like getting to the point where 
you know what? One day I'll be like, you know what? I just want to have one. Yeah. I'm out on a boat. I'm going to have one and that's it. Or I just don't have any, like do what I feel because I'm never going to be the guy that feels like I have to drink like I used to drink. Right. I don't like that feeling, right? I know I don't like that feeling now. We used I used to just do it because I wanted the feeling of just being a part of the the tribe, but I, I'm not going to put myself at an expense in some type of way to just fulfill somebody else's happiness. That'll never happen anymore. Um, and it's cool to hear you say that. And I think a lot of people, fortunately, in our part of the world, Austin, Texas, a lot of people are are with that. Like yeah. a lot of our friends are in the same boat. And alcohol is really just more of a comfort thing as well. Like I drink alcohol at a wedding so that I'm more comfortable with people that I don't know that well. Right. It's a vice. It's a vice. It's like, I'm going to show up and I'm going to drink to make this easier on me when really like if I'm trying to preach like embracing the uncomfortable, I should go to this wedding sober and still have a fantastic time, right? I should still show up in every way possible and even more because I'm like fully there, you know? So it's really more of like, not like I'm, you know, kicking alcohol out of my life because it's the devil. It's really more of like, it's more uncomfortable for me to be, so me to be sober at that kind of thing, like completely sober. So you know, how can I embrace that discomfort and challenge myself more? And it's, it's one of those things, especially with weddings, it's, we have these moments where I really want to remember them. So why am I putting something in my body, which is going to make me forget? It's crazy, right? It's yeah. crazy. We think about that. Like, cause you think about like every wedding I've ever been to, like everyone is, is drinking and partaking. And I'm just like, I just want to remember these. Like I just, I had my brother's wedding in November and I was the best man. I barely drank until like the party started, like where everyone's dancing. Mm -hmm. Once everyone was dancing, that's when I was like, all right, there's like, I don't have to talk to anybody really. I can just dance around and do whatever. But before that, I just wanted to remember everything because prior to that, being at other people's weddings, like I didn't, I don't really remember that much because it's open bar and like one turns into 10 and you're just like, oh, let's go back to the hotel. Like, and then wake up the next day, go on with your life. So I, I love that. And I think we'll, we're going to end on that topic of 75 hard and you doing 75 hard and, and challenging yourself. I think that's your version of like moving your needle forward. Yep. And I'm a big believer in like, again, if you just represent your brand, like you are, more people are going to buy in. And just from this conversation, you have more buy-in from me. And I hope that everybody listening to this, you get more buy-in and I have one last question for you before we kind of roll out of here today. And it's, what does thriving mean to you? So I ask you, what does the word thrive mean to you? What would that be? Thriving has to do with everybody around you. And in my opinion, you can't thrive unless the people around you that you care about are also thriving. And so it's kind of like, how can we grow as a community how can I push myself in a way that's going to make me better and also going to make the people around me want to be better versions of themselves as well I'm a firm believer in like if I eat everybody eats and I want to make sure that on this journey you know with with forwards like let's say it becomes a huge success that I never lose sight of that community aspect it's never about money it's never about what our quarter looks like or anything like that it's a matter of like the first thing we think about is the community, is everybody else that helped this thing get to the top or get to where it is, is everybody else that was involved with that still thriving as well. So it's really, is everyone 
not happy because I hate to use happy with forwards because in order to be happy, there has to be a contrast, right? You have to have been sad. You have to have experienced all emotions. And I think all emotions are very important um, in order to have a good story, live a good story. But is everyone at peace? At peace with who they're becoming and where they are on their journey? And just making sure that everyone is kind of like pushing themselves in a healthy way that encourages everybody else to grow as well. So it's kind of, it's a community thing. It's a, if I'm thriving, if you're thriving, if everybody else around us is thriving, then, then we can thrive. I love that. And it's one of those things where the goal isn't to eat more pieces of the pie. It's to make the whole pie bigger. Yes. To give out more slices. Yes. So I live and breathe that model. That's why we have the whole slogan, strive together, thrive together. So I, I love that response. And I'm witness to you. We weren't collaborating on that. He just pulled that out of his ass. So I love that. <laughs> um, but my biggest takeaway here today is really to push out of your comfort zone. Because again, even just speaking with you before we're hopping on this podcast, I kind of, I've never seen you nervous and like seeing you kind of like a little bit jittery and a little bit off uh, to then like get into the flow of things and really provide a lot of value here to the audience is something so cool to watch in real life. Like in real time, I get to watch that. And it's one of the reasons that I love having people on the podcast that have never done it before. You kind of see them get out of their shell and really move forward in what they're trying to do. And my goal is that you leave here today with that spark, that feeling that you had the first time you showed up here last year. And maybe if there's one thing I can ask, find somebody in your life or a connection like you did with Izzy, where maybe getting them to do something uncomfortable, you can lend a hand in in that journey and then tell that story. Cause I know that's what you're the best at. But before we get out of here. Where can somebody who really loves hearing what you had to say, where's the best way for them to reach you? To reach me is going to be joelinley16 um, on Instagram, but you can also follow Forwards Movement on Instagram, which is, <laughs> it's way too complicated. The number four, W-A-R-D-S-M-V-M-T. And that's where we're going to be posting all of our stories, all of our member stories that aren't just about us, but about other people. And then Forwards Movement, spelled F-O-U-R-W-R-D-S-M-O-V-E-M-E-N-T.com is our website where we're going to be sharing a lot of, a lot of our future things. So. Awesome. Well, I'm looking forward to all the content that's coming. appreciate you coming on here and kind of breaking out of your comfort zone, Joe. Until next time, this is CJ Finley with the Thrive on Life podcast. Thrive on, y'all. What's up, y'all? This is CJ again. And on behalf of the small team here at Thrive on Life, I'd like to thank you for listening to one of our episodes. Our mission in life is to help people like you fuel your passion and make every heartbeat count. And we realize the best way to do this is together as a team. So we'd love for you to join in on this mission and connect with like-minded individuals within our Thrive on Life community. To do so, please head to thriveonlife.com and connect with us there. We'd love to chat with you. Before I sign off, I'd like you to always remember one thing. When we strive together, we thrive together. So please do your part in helping others thrive on life.